The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Guessing that you've had some moment where you're suddenly aware of yourself. Maybe, maybe in the midst of uh, a family and everybody's unwrapping presents and there's a lot of chaos and all of a sudden you're just saying, oh, here I am and everything, what's all this around me? Or perhaps it's a moment when you see, feel yourself to be really alone, alone in the room, alone in the building, alone in a crowd. Maybe it was a moment of political distress when you realize something's happening you don't like and you wonder, who are these people who think so differently from me? And you're aware of you in this place. Or maybe you notice you're with someone and you really love them and they're there with you and you're, whoa, I'm here with this person. Or maybe, maybe you think about those people who are not with you and you wonder how refugees are doing in the winter or soldiers far away and how they're not experiencing the relative peace that you have and you're aware of the peace that you have. Or maybe you just notice it's the time of year and the, the solstice has now passed and the days are getting longer and here you are and the days are getting longer again. You know, it's, it's the end of the year. And we tend to just say, okay, I made it again. Here I am, the end of the year. And you, you have that sense of here I am. There's a, it's not really a judgment or in contrast to something. It's just sort of a realization, a knowing I'm here. We don't have that very often. We don't, we don't tend to think that way. But here we are, and we're here. And then, then shortly what comes after that is, you know, as soon as we assert, I'm here, we are attacked by the, uh, what Buddhists call the eight worldly winds. Mm-hmm. And we start to say why I'm here. And we engage in the winds of praise and blame, Pain and pleasure, gain and loss, fame and disrepute. And where the mind is off immediately trying to mitigate just the very fact of being here. These, these eight winds are often the source of what comes shortly after the assertion that I'm here, which has to do with fear self-judgment, the never-ending process of I've got to be better than this, I have to fix this, something has to change, this is not right. And it's curious, even, even when we're in the midst of something that's very pleasurable, we want, to, we want to alter it, we want to make sure that we can hold on to it, I'm going to make sure I do more of this, and you know, I'm going to have more of whatever it is. And... Um, I've mentioned this, this is kind of up for me now because it is the end of the year. And we, we tend to kind of make assessments. 
And it's those assessments that, you know, give rise to the resolutions for the new year. And we have all these plans about how we're going to fix everything in our lives. And what I want to emphasize is the importance of just seeing how things are before we fix them. Of occupying the space that we're in before we get into the drive to excel or the drive to improve in a never, never ending adjustment. What happens if you don't focus on improvement? What happens if you just see? Is there a place where you can take your place and say, here I am, just for a, just for a moment, occupy a place of balance? Just here. I'm recommending that you just stop and notice the fact of being. The fact of being. So, there is this, uh, this version of the of Buddhist statue sitting here. And you'll notice this hand that's down here. This is a very common uh, motif in statues of the Buddha. And it, it refers to a, a story about the night of his enlightenment when he sat under the Bodhi tree and said, I'm going to stay here until I'm enlightened. And he encountered all sorts of trials, threats, temptations. And at one point in the night, he took his hand and he touched the earth and said, I have a right to be here. I am here. It's that spirit that I'm encouraging you to to sense, to feel, to know that I am here. I sometimes do that when I'm feeling overwhelmed by something. I will mentally, I am here. And sometimes I physically do it. I'll just, you know, lightly touch something right in front of me and say, I'm here. And it's a kind of centering coming into the place where you occupy the space and you just see it as it is. And you don't wish it to be different. You don't wish it to be better or worse. It's a middle place of balance, which is a feature of equanimity. Equanimity. There are two two poly words that deal with equanimity. Poly being the the uh, particular language of the Buddha. The first one is one people are most familiar with. It's upeka, and upeka has to do with the ability to look at, to see, and to perceive with patience. The quality of this is that you have kind of an overview. And you're aware of impermanence of all things. Things arise, they pass away, and you have a kind of sense of, okay, this is how it is now. These are the conditions. They arise, they pass away, and it's kind of a long view of equanimity. We don't actually know how changes are going to occur, and we can't actually predict what's going to happen. And so sometimes we're in the midst of fear and anxiety, and it's because we're pretty sure we know what's going to happen. But we don't actually. 
The second word is tatra majhatata. Love being able to say that. Tatra majhatata. And this is another form, another flavor of equanimity, which means standing in the middle of all this. There in the middleness. And it, it is more about resilience. I can be in the midst of all of this and I can remain here. It isn't so much about balance. It's more about being blown and coming back. And the assurance, the self-confidence, the faith that we know we can be here in the middle of all this. So there are kind of two forms of equanimity. There's the long view and there is the resilience of equanimity. And both of them have to do with knowing you are in this place. We don't have to be seen in a particular way. We can just stop and just be here for that moment of balance. That moment. Ah. Like enlightenment, equanimity doesn't have to be a place that you fight to get to. You can just occupy it. It isn't about losing or giving up or not being involved. It's about just accepting for this moment. You allow for what is true to be true. And you take a breath and you rest. You rest in that moment of equanimity. The Buddha, the, the, one of the symbols in Buddhism that is uh, often used is the, the symbol of the lotus. So the lotus is a flower that is sunk down in the mud. And it emerges out of the mud and rises up onto the surface of the lake and flowers into a beautiful flower. That, it, that we call enlightenment. So it rises out of the, all the crud and it comes up and then it sits and, the, and everything rolls off of it. So it turns out that lotuses actually have this characteristic where the leaves have a microstructure, a nanostructure, that water will, the water molecule will hit the edges of this structure and it, they'll beat up. And then they'll roll off. And as they roll off, they take the dirt with them, which is why lotuses are often pretty, even though they're in the middle of a kind of a mucky-looking pond. The water just literally rolls off and takes the dirt with us. Equanimity is like this. It's the little micro-adjustments we make where we say, okay, okay, and we we let it roll off us. And we stand there in that moment of equanimity. Through the graces of deflecting and letting go of the elements that threaten to overwhelm us for just a breath, we can rest in balance. Never underestimate the value of just a breath. The Buddha said, One moment of mindfulness is worth a lifetime of good works. Because he understood the value of resting in this moment. And then moving on, because things change. 
So, I am wishing for each of you in the new year to be lotus blossoms and to have many moments of equanimity, many moments of feeling safe in this moment. So I'm going to wish you a small poem. This poem is called Tomorrow, but it's really not about tomorrow. Tomorrow we are bones and ash, the roots of weeds poking through our skulls. Today, simple clothes, empty mind, full stomach, alive, aware, right here, right now. Drunk on music, who needs wine? Come on, sweetheart, let's go dancing while we still got feet. This is from uh, David Budbill, one of my favorite poets. So, once again, tomorrow we are bones and ash, the roots of weeds poking through our skulls today, simple clothes, empty mind, full stomach, alive, aware, right here, right now, drunk on music, who needs wine? Come on, sweetheart, let's go dancing while we still have feet. Happy New Year to you all. <laughs>